Do you want to find solutions on how to make decisions faster, how to solve problems with your teams, or define a clear strategy that resonates with your staff and customers? There is a workshop for that. Hello there, I'm Nati Ravez, founder of La Workshopeuse. I'm a collaboration consultant and workshop facilitator, member of an amazing workshopper community. In this podcast, I meet them to get the best advice on facilitation and I'll let leaders and managers speak to understand the challenges they are facing. Welcome to the show. Every facilitator knows that facilitating a workshop does not start on the day of the workshop. The design of the workshop is an important phase where the right questions need to be asked. The underlying objectives of the client need to be detected and the workshop participants need to be taken into account. So, where to start when designing a workshop? What to pay particular attention to and what mistakes to avoid? In this episode, I have the great pleasure of talking to my friend Dis Carano. She is a very skilled innovation coach, collaboration consultant and workshop facilitator. We recorded this episode at the end of last year when I visited her in Berlin and after she helped me design a challenging workshop for one of my French clients. Stay tuned if you want to learn where to start when designing a workshop and what are the two most common mistakes facilitators make and how to avoid them. I hope you enjoy listening and feel free to leave comments on your podcast app It's on, it's on. It's on. Yeah, the record is. Testing, testing. Test, test, test. Hello from Berlin. Hello, Dee. Hi, Nati. <laughs> so, we are sitting on the couch. On my couch. On your couch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At Dee's Carano's place. Mm-hmm. I think the facilitators in their audience know you. Maybe. 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 Some. Yeah. <laughs> So, Dee, we met in um, in Italy yeah. uh, last summer, and uh, we yeah we still have this connection. So this is very nice to be here and to spend time with you. And we decided yesterday, oh, we could make a podcast episode. I would like first to know because we know you from Agent Smart, your work with them, uh, the YouTube channels, and you are a very experienced facilitator. So we will talk about facilitation today. But for those who maybe don't know you, I would love to know what was your journey to facilitation. We talked yesterday about study and the the um, allowance to make different changes and to try different things and uh, this was the case for you but um, what was your journey short yes okay hi everyone i'm Dee, um and it's been really wonderful having you here in berlin nati we've had a really nice time together yeah and it's lovely that on this last morning now before you're you're leaving we're getting to record this together so um my background and my journey Yesterday, uh, or the day before maybe it was, we talked about studies, so I'll just start there very quickly, that um, I went to university and studied 
um, computer science in mm-hmm. the end. But actually what we were talking about is that first I wanted to study science and be an astrophysicist. I don't think I told you that part. No. Be an astrophysicist. And in the first year I realized science is maybe not for me. My brain <laughs> couldn't actually handle all of the different parts that would be involved. So I studied science first and I changed my mind and went to computer science and then changed universities again. And we talked about this being really an okay thing to do, to change your mind and think, oh, maybe I'll try something else. Maybe I'll try something else until you find your, what, what excites you. So I ended up um, with a computing degree mm-hmm. and I thought maybe I'd be a programmer or a data scientist or something. But in my very first internship, um, which was in the university actually that I studied at, was the first job that I had, an internship in the IT department. I saw... Um, I got to work in different teams and see the different teams in this big 200-person department of, of IT, and I saw the product designers, the people who were really thinking about the problems that needed to be solved and asking questions and what, what are the problems worth solving and who has these problems and let's find out what they need. I saw these people, this team, and instantly thought, oh, my gosh, that seems that seems like that's what I actually want to do um, rather than uh, be the person who gets told here, build this or do that, but rather ask the questions and talk to people and find out their needs and find out their pains and, and problems and really find answers and solutions to big creative problems. So in my very first internship, I thought I was going to be a software developer or something like this. And in the first few months, I said, no, thanks. Can I please try (laughs) design, design? So we're really talking to people. So this was the first step after doing a whole degree. I really changed very quickly to say, I I, I think this design field is the one for me. So now I'll just skip through and I won't talk about every job. But that first job, I was a junior product designer. That was my title. Um, The next job, I think I also went into, I was called a product designer. Mm-hmm. Went mid-level after these first few years of this first job. Then the next job is when I actually moved to Berlin and I found another job in an agency and they called it service design instead of product design. So I was called a service designer, um, working on not just digital things but bigger services with multiple touch points. Then the next job I had, I was went, I was a UX designer and a UI designer I also did UI design in the first job. So these are basically my background is in product design, service design, and UX and UI design. And this was in the first 10 years of my career. Yeah. I was doing research, asking questions, discovering problems worth solving, and then designing um, the user experience, user interface, and designing the actual solutions for, for products and services. And then in the last five years, so leading up till now, I was still, when I actually got the job at at AJ and Smart, which is about five years ago now, more, six years, I think, I was still called a product designer going into, um, instead of building out every single screen of an app or, or designing a whole service, I was still called a product designer, but using design sprints. So -hmm. this innovation method, Mm -hmm. um, process to really quickly and rapidly solve problems and creatively um, design concepts. Uh, I was still called a product designer, but that's when this big transition for me into facilitation happened. Because with the design sprint process, process, which maybe a lot of listeners know about, 
Um, you don't just design a solution. You really also are part of a group to facilitating the group to collaboratively and creatively understand the problem and come up with multiple creative solution ideas together. And so even if you're a designer, you're also becoming a facilitator, helping to coach other people to collaborate, to do that together. So this is when I actually realized how much I love facilitation. I had done little bits of facilitation in these other roles that I mentioned because I was a designer and sometimes I would say, oh, I need the business people to come in or I need the developers to come in and help us create, understand the problem and solution together. So I did a little bit of facilitation, but it was in the last five, six years that I've now slowly made the complete transition to be a workshop facilitator now. I call myself now an innovation coach, um, collaboration consultant and workshop facilitator. So this is where I am now today as a independent freelancer. Oh, nice. Yes, you are an independent freelancer. You decided yeah. also to work on your, yes. on your own. What is a big inspiration for, for me? And, uh, we had a great workshop. Uh, you lead uh, during the summer about this um, how you how to find out what what you want to do with your business and with your life and you were the example as the transition to uh, facilitation business yeah so it was very interesting but today since you're here and you're the expert and we were working on something yesterday uh, for one of my clients together thinking about yeah. this. And then um, it was very interesting for me to see where to start when you start to design a workshop for a client. And um, of course, I've designed a few workshops, but with your experience, it was interesting for me to know how you start when you start to design a workshop. And we figured out that the most important thing... yeah is to make sure that we get the client where it needs to be at the end. And there are a few things to think about. So how do you start? Yeah, <laughs> this is really fun. Yesterday, um, you told me about a new prospective um, gig client uh, yeah, project yeah, that yeah. you were going to kind of pitch for or present at least a show how you would run this workshop. So we'll see. Hopefully it, it happens. Maybe yeah, yeah. we'll even get to work together on it. Um, and we, we were just sitting down and you're telling me about this new client and they, what they explained to you, what they needed. And I was thinking, okay, how would I start to create the design of this workshop? What would, it, what would I do? Would it be one workshop? Would it be multiple workshops? And then we sat together and really started to think, okay, well, let's, let's actually let's try and figure it out. Concept. Yeah. Yeah. And we really use the same process that I use for all the work that I do. And it's every single The most interesting thing, I think, that every single time, every single client, every single project, every single problem starts with a client saying, oh, this is our business, this is who's involved, this is what we need, this is why we, we think we need you to help us. They're telling you these bits of information and every single time for me now in the last three full years that I've been freelancing in, independently running workshops myself, There has not been a single client, a single two clients that have had the same problem. Mm -hmm. And no, it's never been that I've been able to just completely Take reuse something, yeah. Yeah, something exactly the Copy same based, from one yeah. client to the next. Mm -hmm. For me, every time it's 
um, customized. Every client has slightly different needs or slightly different motivation. Even if they say, I need a design sprint, which now I've run many design sprints just on my own. Every single time I really customize and tweak and think about the real underlying needs of that person or that team or that company and customize and tweak the workshop design solution mm -hmm. that I put forward to specifically fit exactly what I think will get them where they need to be. So we did, we sat down yesterday and I we went through this same process that I go through. So now we can kind of explain a little bit. Yeah. What how that is. Yeah. Um, when we sat down yesterday, the first things I asked you, because I didn't know about the client and you did, was, okay, what information do you know? And we also came up, f realized that maybe there's more questions that need to be asked to this, um, this main stakeholder client that you have. But first I always write down, and I'm taking notes while I'm on a call with the client. If it's just by myself, I'm taking lots of notes and I'm asking them questions like, what are your goals? Why do you think you need a facilitator to come in and help with this? What are the biggest concerns for you? What, uh, usually I say like, what, what are your goals? And they'll say something like, okay, well, we need to come to a digital solution for this product. But then when I ask again, what other goals do you have? <laughs> what else do you feel like needs to happen? And then often they'll, often they will say things like, oh, well, we need this manager from this other team to give the approval for this. So it's not just that we need to create a digital solution at the end, but this other team needs to be on board. Mm -hmm. Or there might be some political agenda things like, oh, this, this, there's three main stakeholders and we just want them to feel involved. <laughs> yeah. We want them to feel excited and give their approval so that something later on down the line doesn't stop this project from happening. Yeah. So oh, there's, or like my customer, I, I think, um, they have a, a big project, but at the end what she wants, yeah. she wants to be seen as an expert and to be yeah. recognized and, uh, to, to show what she's able to do with her ideas. Yeah. So it's always the, the real goal is, most of the time underlined. Yeah. <laughs> Underneath. Yeah. Underneath. And then uh, we have to take care of this. Yeah. Feel free to click the bell to subscribe this podcast on your player. You can also follow me on LinkedIn for more information on facilitation and workshops. So the thing is, you are known for this design sprints, this uh, recipe of several exercises. And we were talking yesterday about common mistakes some facilitators are doing. Some of them say, oh, I don't know, it was not working, but I did exactly yeah. the recipe. We made the metaphor yesterday, like yeah. you cook a cake with all the ingredients, missing the fact that the person you are making the cake for actually has an allergy to gluten. So super cool that you made the all the recipe, but actually you should have taken care to take another flower because this person will not be able to eat your cake. Yeah. So this was something like that. And we talk about two mistakes that facilitator makes. So yeah. I love this metaphor because then the cake is completely useless. <laughs> yes. At the end. If you use the 
wheat flour, then yeah. the client that your client, the person you're giving the cake to says, wow, it's beautiful, but I can't eat it. Yeah. <laughs> so these two really common mistakes that I see, um, especially new facilitators making the first, um, it's kind of two sides of the same coin. The first mistake is to use a recipe, um, and all of the steps one after the other to follow the, follow the exact recipe without thinking about, um, uh, whether the client really needs the entire recipe like the cake metaphor. So a really good example is, which I've seen in really in many times is that people use the design sprint recipe, even if the, especially when actually, if the client hasn't asked for a design sprint, if the client has said, Oh, we need to do a creative workshop and we need to come up with, with some ideas and uh, facilitators, I see facilitators saying, great, the design sprint's great for this, coming up with creative ideas, which it is. But um, the mistake I see people making is following the entire thing, even if this one example I'm thinking of, real example, is even if the actual client doesn't really need to every single piece. So this one example is the client, the goals of the client were to come up with some creative ideas, make the team feel excited and involved in the creative process, but they weren't actually launching a product to their customers. It was really just the workshop was more about involving their team, getting them to bond, getting them to learn some new creative methods together. And they weren't going to take the outcome, the solution ideas and go and build a product and, and launch it and need it, it needed it to work with their customers. So what I saw in this case, the facilitator used the entire design sprint process, which includes alignment and inspiration and ideas. And then the last parts of the design sprint are building a really solid prototype, prototype. Yeah. and getting recruiting customers or prospective the target market users and lining them up and running interviews and putting the prototype in front of them. And it's quite an extensive, complicated part of the design sprint to build this prototype and test it with real people and do this research and get these answers and feedback and validation, mm -hmm. which you need if you're going to launch a product into the market. Yeah. But in this example, I saw this facilitator designing this whole design sprint, creating this, okay, I'm going to run this design sprint. We're going to prototype. We're going to test. We need designers. We need user research people. We need to run interviews. And I asked them, what does the client, does the client really need to have this tested, validated prototype? Because you told me that they actually, their main goal is to run a creative workshop and just get lots of ideas and make the whole team feel engaged in the creative process, but they're not launching the product. Hmm. And the facilitator came back and said, yeah, but that's in the design sprint. This is the recipe. We have to do the recipe. Yeah. And they ended up, thank goodness, changing before they actually went and ran this with their, with their client because they ended, and they ended up, um, taking my recommendation of cutting out that whole last part of building the prototype and testing it mm -hmm. and just ending up at the point where they've all contributed sketches and ideas for different solutions and they can high five at the end and celebrate and feel good about the creative process, which meant that it was a two day workshop instead of a whole week, week. of yeah. workshop. And the client, the team would not end with this intense, stressful, 
prototype building and testing, they would instead end on the fun part where they just got to come up with lots of ideas and high five each other. Yeah. So this, to summarize all of this, that first common mistake that I see people make is using an entire recipe without thinking carefully, does my client need every single piece of this? What are their real goals and what things can I take and what things can I leave out because it's not necessary to achieve the goals that yeah. my client has? Yeah. So this is one side of the coin. Yes, and the second one was exactly the, the flip the contrary. Yeah. The, the opposite. The other uh, common mistake is when uh, people... So the other side of the coin is, yeah, the exact opposite where I see people, just to stick with this design sprint example because it happens a lot here, that people see the whole design sprint steps and they see, oh, prototyping, but we don't have any designers that can really do this Um, and the testing part, I don't think we really need because we feel very confident in our ideas. Mm -hmm. So we'll actually just do the creative part, come up with the ideas and we won't test them. We'll just go and invest six months now to build the product. So on the flip side, if the client, if the company needs to launch a product, product to their customers, mm -hmm. that's the other very common mistake I see people make is to say, we don't need to test it because we're pretty sure we've got it right. And, and these are assumptions. Yeah. And sometimes when you are really doing this thing, yeah, creating mockups, for example, uh, we talk about this. I, may, I, yeah. I, I was uh, leading a project for a new ticket system on tablets and, uh, mm. and the company the developers make some mockups mm. and then I could go to the person who will use this app at the end and see, and they, they came back with a lot of comments that we didn't think about yeah. because we as, assume, assume yeah. that it was right like this. Yeah. And we spare a lot of money because otherwise yeah. we would have launched, of course, the app as it was, Yeah, but then create a second version, a third yeah. version and things. Yeah. So, yeah, this is the even more common mistake is that people skip some steps because they don't think that they need it. But yeah, if you actually do need to launch something, these particular steps, for example, of the design sprint are crucial. I've never ever run a design sprint where the testing didn't reveal anything new. Every single time when you actually put your ideas in front of real people, the real people who are going to hopefully use this product or service, you always, always, always find that you had some assumptions that, that were wrong. Always, always, always. Sometimes very big ones, sometimes just something small that, that means you can save money to not build this feature that no one actually needs. Mm -hmm. And sometimes very big, like, oh, your whole idea actually is not going to solve this was problem. The point. Yeah. yeah. Um, so these are the two, the two big sides of the coin. One is to to ignore some steps that you definitely need to meet the needs of your of your client. And the other side, uh, the first side that I mentioned is that you blindly follow a recipe and all the steps, even if you don't need it, your client doesn't actually really need yeah. those activities, those, those pieces. Yeah. If you'd like to join me for a podcast episode or discuss the challenges you face at work and how I can help, 
book a free call or send me an email. All the contact information is in the show notes. One other thing we, we talked about yesterday, because in the design of the workshop I'm working on, yeah. is involving a lot of different stakeholders. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we were in this, um, in the phase of the ideation workshop. This is a different, um, different workshop one after another. Mm -hmm. And in this ideation workshop, we were talking about the Hamaitwis and different uh, products. It's about a showroom and different product stakeholders will be there. And one have product, digital product, others have physical yeah, product. Yeah. And um, we were thinking about, oh, wait a moment, but they can't work all together on the same Hamaitwis because they are actually thinking differently because they are proposing different products. So we need to make some teams. Yeah. During, so these are also things that yeah. we need to take care, be careful who is in the room, who are your participants and what is the value to have them all together. Yeah. And what is the value to split them? Yeah. This was a great example of, of where us, we, we took, we thought about what the client needed then it's, this is a big project also I yeah, realized when you is. told me about it lots of different things happening and we made multiple workshop um proposed sessions of um proposed sessions for this client and this was a great example of we took a lot from the design sprint different pieces so writing how might we use we have in from the design sprint lightning demos and sketching ideas and some alignment stuff before which was actually also tweaked a bit and in this section when you explained to me that there's, oh, there's different kind of people from different teams coming in, the software people, the hardware people, these other hardware groups as well are going to be coming in. And we actually need to have a a soft, come out with some software solutions, some hardware solutions, some from this other hardware team as well. And we realized we needed to split work all together and then split up. And this is a great example of how we took the recipe, mixed and matched different things And then it's like different activities at different times, changing the order a little bit, but then also thought, hmm, in the normal design sprint, you don't split up into groups, but we really need to here mm -hmm. because this group of two, three people will need to sketch ideas or come up with ideas for their own hardware products that they already have. And this group of people will need to come up with solution ideas for this software system that they already have mm -hmm. um, and I've never for example I've never had this scenario before that you are now going to be pitching um, <laughs> proposing for but this was a very clear easy decision to say you know what we're going to need to change the recipe here and we think it's we really thought it through and thought okay if they split up here and then come back together and then later on when we're making the decisions we have to make sure that some solution is taken from this hardware group some solution is taken from this software group and we need to split again to make the decision but then bring back all the solutions together so we really changed and customized the process using our own common sense and our own brains yeah. without just following the recipe and i think it would have been a, a mistake mistake to yeah. just follow the recipe yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And this is something that I see, especially beginner facilitators, um, make this mistake is there's a recipe for this. So I'm just going to plug it in without just taking a few minutes <laughs> to think 
and play through in their mind, okay, this step will happen, this people will be here, this, and this is what we also talked about, right? That we always, you and I both, we mm-hmm. realize, play through our entire workshop design. Always. Yeah. Play it through, literally sit down and write the post-its and put them up on the, the wall and think, okay, so then the, if these are how much we how many sketches, how many votes, how many, I always play through their mock trial, like a mock, yeah. <laughs> a mock run through. Yeah. Just to make sure I don't miss something that's not going to work for the, yes. the and people. Yeah. Yes. I also create, um, even if it's a prison's workshop, I also create my, my mirror board. Yeah. Because then I, I can go through and I can also make them, what yeah. is it? I mean, the connections between the different exercise or the connection where, how I will, come from the icebreaker to the rest so that is fluent yeah yeah i created actually like i uh, think about my concerts when i'm on stage Mm. how i will take the people keep the attention then going high and then a little bit under and then high and ending very strong so this is for me it's the same this is also my way yeah (laughs) my way to work yeah yeah. I think this rhythm is very important. Yeah. Um, because I, yeah, always look at, okay, they've just had it that I'm thinking about the group of people I'm going to be facilitating. And in a number of people, if it's five people, it can be easier to figure out what steps oh, they do. Yeah. But what if it's 20 people? Oh my gosh. Okay. We're definitely going to have to have more breaks and more, um, interaction and they can't just be um, having very intensive brain work for a long time. We have to split it up. Yeah. So that there's some rhythm and some calm moments and some intense moments and some fun moments and some difficult moments and really structure things so yeah. that the group won't lose their steam power <laughs> by the end, and which is important when you actually need to achieve an outcome that the group is following you along the whole way and not running out of energy. Yes, and focus for, focus, for yeah. a few hours and around this have some fun and have some breaks and things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Dee. Yeah, okay. We are now on the coach. I will take yeah. my train back to oh, yeah. the south of Germany. But it was really, really nice to have you here. Thank you. This was an absolute pleasure. I'm glad we got to do this. And I'm really happy that you're to, to spend these last couple of days with you. Yeah. Having fun, talking workshops. Also, just hanging out and enjoying Berlin. It was really lovely. Thank you, Nati. Thank you very much. And bye-bye. Thanks, Nati. Bye, everyone. I hope this episode has inspired you and that you got a few takeaways that will help you design your next workshop. Dee is one of the best-known faces on the AJ and Smart YouTube channel. Amongst other things, she is a great expert on the design sprint methodology and is also a trainer for teams who want to learn design thinking. All her contact details are listed in the show notes. In the next episode, I meet Mark Jaspers, who, like me, has completed the Agent Smart Workshop and Master program. Mark used to be a marketing manager and finally became a freelance creative concept strategist. He will tell us how he came to facilitation and why it became a new passion. He will also explain how he started practicing and at least what advice he would give now to someone who wants to start practicing facilitation. Until then, I wish you health, success and happiness.
Au revoir.